Hello, my friends. This is April 8, and I welcome you to my Songs and Stories podcast. Now, before I begin today, I'd like to take a moment to send out a special little thank you to all of my listeners for waiting so patiently to find out what happens next. In particular, there are Carolyn and Ollie. Also, I'm sending out a special little birthday hooray for Rosie. Happy birthday, dear one. Now, today's story is called The Fairy Queen and the Three Brothers, Part 3. It's episode 14. Now, I like to start out all of my stories with a special little song that goes like this. Oh, ye time-bound travelers, lay down your cares and rest your bones, and I'll tell you an ancient tale that I have come to know. And now it's time for our story. Episode 14. The Fairy Queen and the Three Brothers, Part 3. Now, this is a continuation of a story that started out in Episode 11, Under the Great Willow Tree. You could go back and listen to that story first, or you could just go ahead and listen to this one, and then go back later and see what you missed. Either way, the question is, where did we leave off? Well, do you remember that Liliana and her little brother Josh were listening to a story that was being told in an enchanted circle of fairies under a great willow tree? The story is all about three brothers who want to bring down the fairy queen. The youngest one tried to push her into a mud puddle, if you'll recall, and the second one tried to steal away her scepter. Neither of them were successful. And so now we go on to the next. And so the bard of Fairyland continued his tale. And now it was the oldest brother, Pell, his turn to see if he could bring down the fairy queen. All the fairies and friends underneath the great willow tree groaned. What will he do? They said to each other. Liliana whispered to Josh. Oh, I hope the fairy queen will be all right. And Josh nodded in agreement with his big sister. Josh and Liliana settled in to hear the rest of the story of the three brothers and their terrible bet to bring down the fairy queen. Quell had failed and then Mel had failed and now it was Pell's turn. Well, said the bard of Fairyland, does anyone here remember the idea that the oldest brother, Pell, had for how to bring down the fairy queen? All the fairies and the animals and the children looked at each other, and a pixie who'd been juggling acorns stopped for a moment and said, I do, sir. The bard of Fairyland waved his yellow hat, the feather glittering with the rays of sunlight that passed through the curtain of leaves that hid their enchanted circle from sight beneath the great willow tree. Do tell, he said. Well, the pixie tucked an acorn under each arm as he replied, The oldest brother, Pell, had said to the youngest brother, Quell, 
That fairy queen, she thinks she's so generous. I'd love to see her without her wealth and fame. Then we'll see how she really behaves. Indeed, our juggling pixie. Indeed, that's right, said the bard. And then he asked, and what would he win? This the pixie could not remember. Oh, why, I know that, said Liliana, bravely raising her hand. Yes, dear, said the bard, smiling at her. Liliana stood up as she spoke. Pell would get the whole big house all to himself, and his younger brother would have to live in the barn with the pigs and the goats and the sheep and the chickens. The bard nodded his head, and he bowed gallantly to Liliana, and then he turned back to address the whole enchanted circle of friends who were all nodding in approval at Liliana. She sat down next to her brother with a smile. Everyone in the circle waited to hear what would happen next. The bard continued. For even as Mel had tried to steal the fairy queen's scepter at the Equinox Festival Ball, Pell had moved forward with his own treacherous trickery. How could he hoodwink the whole kingdom in one fell swoop? <gasps> For this, Pell had an idea. The bard of Fairyland rubbed his hands together to warm himself, for Pell's plan was ever so cold. It chilled the bard to the bone just to tell the tale of it. And what was that plan? Well, it was a magical potion. A magical potion to make all of the whole kingdom forget the fairy queen. Forget her, forget her, forget her. And where should that potion go? Why, in the party punch at the Equinox Festival Ball, of course. For what a feast the whole kingdom would eat, and what a dance the whole kingdom would dance. And a lovely sip of punch is all it would take to make the whole kingdom forget her. But who could make such a potion, you might ask? Well, that is not a bad question, is it? Pell knew just where to go. Out in the woods, not too, too far from the palace gates, lived a witch of much renown. She was a good witch. She was a bad witch. It just depended on which witch you'd get when you knocked on her door on a given day. In fact, the people of the village all around called her the Witch Witch because, as I say, you never knew which witch you'd get when you went to visit her. There were stories, oh my friends, there were stories, but I can't go into those today, perhaps another time. But the Witch Witch was a tricky one, and not many people wanted to deal with her. Pell was terribly brave or terribly foolish to decide to deal with her. And you can decide at the end of the story which one he was. Now, when the brothers had made their terrible bet to see who could bring down the fairy queen, Pell's mind went straight to the witch witch. She had the magic to trick the whole kingdom, but could he trust her? If he went to her, 
which witch would he get? He lay awake at night trying to decide if he should go to her or not. A potion seemed like the very best way to win the bet. Pell decided it was worth it. And so, soon after the bet was made, Pell slipped away from his brothers, who had their heads full of their own schemes and their own dreams, and followed the path that he'd heard about since he was a child, out to the house of the witch, which he might have been trembling in his shoes, or maybe it was just a chill in the wind that set his teeth rattling, even on a lovely warm autumn day. So down the path he walked, and through the woods and the meadows, along the streams and through the pastures, until he came to the rowan tree with the X carved upon it, just as had been described by all those villagers on cold nights when their fires crackled and hissed and they entertained each other with witch witch tales. Pell circled the rowan tree three times, just as they'd said in the stories, and then he stepped forward to speak the words that would conjure the door to the witch witch's hovel. Magic of might, magic of will-a-word, I am here to meet another world. Make me a... a, Make me a window. Make me a door. Let me meet with the one who conjures the, the magic of other worlds. And under his breath he said, And please give me the witch witch who can help me and not a scary one. And he closed his eyes. And before he even opened them again, Pell could smell that something had changed. His nose tweaked at a heavy scent of something old and deep, fertile and rich. Pell opened his eyes, and just like it had been said in all those old villagers' tales, the witch witch's front door appeared where nothing had been before. Pell found himself standing in front of a rotten old wooden door covered in moss that had appeared from nowhere and nothing. Just a door, too. Not a house, not a home, not a tent, not a shed. Just a door hanging in the air before him. (sighs) Pell scratched his head and he blinked his eyes. Fear trickled down his spine as he realized he was about to meet the powerful witch witch. (sighs) All at once, Pell decided that he was pretty sure he could think of a better plan than consulting a witch to bring down the fairy queen. He started to turn away. Maybe he would even just leave the fairy queen alone and move his pillow out to the barn and be done with the whole thing. Maybe all three brothers could just move back into the house and forget about this silly old bet. Wouldn't they have such a good time laughing about this crazy idea that they'd had when they got a little older? But just as he was turning to go, just as he took his first step away from the door and back to his brothers, a croaky old voice behind him said, Young man, did you? need something? Pell turned to find an old hag standing before him in the doorway. Oh, the witch witch, 
said Pell. Her hands were wrinkled like old withered leaves, and her face was crinkled like time through a sieve. Her eyes were watery. Wisps of gray hair clung to the top of her head and hunched over and frail, breathing with a wheeze. <sighs> she squinted toward him, and she nodded, sniffing the air, and she laughed a croaky laugh. <laughs> the witch witch indeed. <laughs> I wonder which witch you are about to get, young man. Pell, she said. <gasps> Pell almost jumped out of his skin. He was so startled that she knew his name. Pell, I see your heart. Very, very interesting. <laughs> Come with me. And she beckoned him through the door. I know what it is you came for. I know what it is you need. Come here, boy. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But Pell was afraid. She could see into his heart. But Pell followed her through the empty doorframe. And somehow they now stood in a room like no room Pell had ever been in before. It was dark and it was dank, but it looked all topsy turvy, as though it had thrown itself together during the time that Pell was talking with the witch witch at the door. There was a bubbling and boiling cauldron dangling over a weak fire. And in the corner, Pell could see a frail cabinet whose doors hung off their hinges. The witch stood before it now, talking to herself. Mm. Withers and wonders, brothers asunder, lead my hands and lead my tongue to conjure what must be done. A fairy queen, a family, lost ground. What will be the come down? What will be the come down? Lead my fingers where they should fly to find this boy what he must be supplied. Her crooked fingers flew through the cabinet, settling here and there and there and there and here and there again, pulling dried herbs and liquids light as quicksilver, dark as Indian ink, into a stone ball that teetered on a low shelf of the cabinet. And then a mortar was in her hand, crushing and stirring, until a musky scent filled the room. Pell wiggled his nose. The witch witch turned to him. Boy, fetch me a bottle. Quick. Pell looked around the gloomy room he was standing in. He couldn't really tell what it looked like. It was so dimly lit. Only a crack of light shone through the heavy curtains, and from that he could see an empty bottle on the window's ledge. Pell stumbled over and snatched the bottle. A cloud of dust rose all around him from the floor, and his fingers made prints in the dust on the bottle as he picked it up. Pell sneezed. <laughs> he sneezed so hard he blew the curtains back, and then he could see the witch witch just a little bit better, and he was sorry for that. The witch witch chuckled, <laughs> and quicker than a wink, she snatched that dusty bottle from Pell's trembling hands. She ladled her dark, musky potion into the bottle without spilling a drop. Uh, 
and she mumbled an incantation as she corked the potion with bony hands, and then she held it up to Pell with a toothless smile. Take it, boy. Take it and be gone from this place. Her watery eyes blinked, and she reached up to touch his shoulder. Pell felt dizzy. He tried to say thank you, but his mouth was dry. He closed his eyes for a moment to steady himself, but when he opened them again, Pell found himself in the middle of the Equinox Party Ball, right by the punch bowl. Tinkly fairy music and laughter filled his ears. What would he do? Snip, snap, snout. For today, my tale is all doled out. Come back next week. I promise, next week. And I'll tell you the end of the story of the Fairy Queen and the Three Brothers. Thank you for listening to the April 8 Songs and Stories podcast. Find more April 8 songs and stories, illustration, crafts, and ideas for cultivating joyful, thoughtful children just come on over to april8.com. And moms, you can also register today for my motherhood journaling e-course called My Secret Life as Myself, Forging a New Identity in Momland. You can also follow me and my dog Roxy on Instagram and Twitter at April8Music. And of course, there's always Facebook, facebook.com slash April8. And it's always April8 with a spelled out E-I. G-H-T. If you like these stories, please share them with your friends and your family on Facebook and Twitter. Until we meet again, remember, I love you and you are wonderful just as you are right now. La, la, la.